That's right, we are back for another week of What The Football Podcast. I'm your host, Conway T. I'm joined, as always, by my co-host and my panelists, Rudds, all the way from Melbourne. How are you out there, Rudds? <laughs> I wish I could be better, Conway, after the weekend, but uh, um, let's not go there. I'm sure that is the case. And, of course, he's joined by his illustrious uh, Guna Arteta fan. Uh, Wade, how are you, Wade? Hey, that, that Arteta fan... Um tag that I've got. It might be waning a little bit at this stage, but uh, all good. Good to be back. Good to be back, guys. It is good to be back, gents, and we are in for an absolutely rip-roaring show, ladies and gentlemen. We have some interesting things to look at in this week's episode. We're going to take you through our moments of the week. Plenty happening across the Premier League. Paul Pogba coming out and saying, we are being having the same kind of game for a long time and something needs to change. Well, let's be, let's be honest, they've had more additions, but the same issues. Are they perhaps more talking about someone needs to change out at Old Trafford? We then chime on to that Mendy performance at Brentford. What a keeper Mendy is turning out to be for Chelsea. Absolutely unbelievable performance um, to get his team the three points and keep Chelsea at top of the log. Of course, I don't think a week can go by where we can't mention that man, Mohamed Salah. He replicates his Man City goal with another unbelievable strike against Watford. And, of course, an absolutely epic 10 minutes of football in the local derby between Villa and Wolves. And what a comeback for Wolves, scoring that winner in the 95th minute from two down. I tell you what, it is going to be a cracking episode. So we're going to dive straight in. Gents, Wade, what a game at Villa Park. Wolves, Aston Villa, 2-0. Derby, 10 minutes in the game. What did you make of what unfolded at that game? Yeah, it was excellent. I mean, you know, Premier League at its finest. Um, Aston Villa looked to be cruising to victory. Um, and then, yeah, Wolves just turned it around in the last 10 minutes. I mean, I know Rudds has been singing their praises all year, so he's, he's got a bit of a smile on his face. And, you know, to, to be fair to them, they're, they're three three on the trot now. So, um you know, things are looking up for them, but it's, it was a classic advertisement for the Premier League, I think. Um, and, you know, they got the victory in the end, and, and kudos to them. It was a good performance by Wolves. Well, he said it, he said it, Rudds. You have been singing Wolves' performances. We've had a little bit of a chuckle, Wade and I. And Wolves are starting to come good. They're moving up the table. And what a statement win this was in a derby. Look, they've been passing the ITS, playing good football, and eventually you get rewarded for it. So... Um, not the prettiest of goals, particularly the last, the winner by Neves, but they stuck in it and, and got their, got their just rewards. So, um, I'm happy that, uh, they are getting rewarded for the performances. Full is a good team. I think it's going to be a cracker game on, uh, Friday, um, or Saturday morning for us with the Arsenal. I think that's going to be a big test for the Gunners, um, after this morning's game. But um, yeah, wolves, wolves, wolves! I've been calling it. I've been telling you, boys, take notes. These guys can play. They play good football. 
Look, I mean, you know, it's always a, it's a bit of a fairy tale to score three goals, you know, within the final 10 minutes or in this case, 15 minutes, given there was five minutes extra time. Uh, was the Wolves' performance something to admire? Um, I mean, they were 2-0 down in the game. Um, was it a bit, a bit unlucky that they were 2-0 down or was it more a case of, um, just being unlucky during the course of the game and then getting their just desserts at the end? What, what did you make of it, Rods? I think it was a good game. I think um, Villa were good for their goals. Um, it could have gone either way. It's one of those at a knife edge. I think when they'd gone two up, they maybe got complacent from that point. Um, probably thought the game was wrapped up. Um, you allow Wolves in, and you know they get that one goal, and from there, momentum swings totally, um, and you're on the back foot from there, and you keep pushing, you keep pushing, and, and it happens. I think there's not, as a fan, there's nothing better than one of these games where you come back from behind and you and you score these late goals to win. The high you feel after that game, uh, it was just the week that uh, Ronaldo did that at Villarreal. And, you know, uh, I can tell you from experience, boys, it's fantastic. Oh, <laughs> uh, it seems like a, a distant memory now, but uh, <laughs> you can't... Is he, re- is he reliving that uh, uh, glory, uh, is he, Wade? Is that what we're uh, talking about? Like it, yeah. Yeah, he's got to hang on to what he can at this stage, so we won't hold it against him. We sure. Hey, well, I, was only, I was only a couple of weeks ago, gents. Don't do that. I'm thinking my years gone by. There was a crap performance, but United got the win with the late, the late winner. Like as a fan, like you're sitting through some dross, and you're like, "What the hell is going on with this game? You know, what the hell is going on with the team?" And then you think you're going down, and your and your main man scores a winner. Oh, you gotta love it. You gotta love it. That's yeah, what look, we love about the game. There's nothing better, and I, you know, I would talk about late winners. I don't want to chime too much, but it was more of a late equalizer for your team this week, Wade. Look, it was an awful performance. Um, I'll make no qualms about it. Um, started the game really well, got the early goal, so I thought that would, you know, really spur us on. But you know, credit to to Palace. I mean, they were excellent. Um, I thought they dominated the game. They should have really left with the three points, to be fair. Um, again, it was a carbon copy of what we saw at Brighton, to be honest. We just got overran in midfield. Um, mm. I was hoping he played El Nani next to Party, to be honest, just to give us that stability. But he didn't, and we got exposed there. We couldn't get a hold of the game in midfield. And if you lose the midfield battle, as you guys know... It's going to yeah. be a struggle for you. So we just got exposed, and in the end, we were lucky to get that draw, to be quite fair. It's strange. Did you listen to his post-match comments? Who's Mikhail's or Patrick? Yeah, uh, Mikhail. So he spoke about pretty much switching off after he scored a goal. Yeah. He scored an early goal with seven minutes in the game. How did he switch yeah. off? Uh, we went yeah, into a shell. It's, you know, we, the, the, the guys didn't show any bravery. It's almost like is no one's really going and demanding the ball. We saw Lacazette do that when he came on. He was, you know, he was yeah. demanding the ball. He, he was, he changed the whole energy on the mm. field. And to be quite honest, he works well in that team up top because he's someone that can actually play with his back to goal and bring those other players in. So I don't think Obba's working up top. He didn't have a bad game today. But I don't think he fits with what we're trying to do. We've got a whole lot of small technicians, you know, in the in the top end of the pitch. So we need someone to link it up. And we always look better when Lucker plays. So it was disappointing to see. But, you know, credit to Palace. They've played some really good football since Patrick's Tell come you in. what, Patrick Vieira, a few of us had him in our managers to be sacked column. Um, yeah, we did. The season. 
and and what a job he's doing. Palace were playing good ball last year, uh-huh. even the year before. A Palace team without Zaha had nothing. Mm. Had nothing. You can mm. already count them out. Now they've gone into, they've gone away from home. They've gone to the Emirates without their main man, Zaha, and they put on that kind of performance. Wow. Wow. Vieira is, is doing a fantastic job. Yeah. He sure is making us eat our words. That is for sure. Um, I want to shift gears and just talk about that uh, unbelievable performance by Mendy at uh, Brentford. Look, as far as I'm concerned, Brentford should have won that game. They hit the post three times. Mind you, uh, Mbume, if I'm pronouncing it correctly, has now hit the post six or seven times in the season, wow. which is, I don't know if that's bad luck or poor finishing. It's, uh, it's one of the two, but either which way. Um, in this particular game, they hit the woodwork three times and he made some unbelievable saves to say, you know, to get that victory for Chelsea. Chelsea were absolutely bombarded in that final 20 minutes and it looked like, no offense, but it looked like Brentford were the, the European champions at one mm. stage the way they were playing. They just couldn't find the, the back of the net. What a performance by Mendy. And I don't know if you guys know, but Sadio Mane was up in arms at the fact that this kid has not been included in the shortlist for the Ballon d'Or. Such, such has been his form. Uh, what have you made of uh, Mendy's performance, number one, Wade, and I guess his, his introduction into the, the Premier League? Oh, it's been phenomenal. I mean, what, what do they pick him up for? 17 million or something like that, was it? Um, and when you consider, yeah, I'll just chime in, when you consider they sign us for, um, uh, yeah, for 70 million. Yeah, 70 million. Yeah. yeah, so, and look, uh, you know, I think we've, we all know the story now with Mendy. The guy was, uh, you know, lining up to get a job just a few years ago, um, thinking of giving up football. And you look where he's at now. I mean, they're talking about Jorginho as the Bologna. Oh, I mean, I don't think he's been more influential than Mendy has for Chelsea. I think Mendy's impact has been incredible, you know. So um, it's not easy coming into to Chelsea, such a massive club. The pressure's on you. You need to perform. And to be fair to him, he hasn't put a foot wrong. You know, he really hasn't put a foot wrong. So, um, you know, credit to him. It's it's good to see him doing well. Um, and, yeah, long may it continue. He's, he's playing out of his skin at the moment. You could say he's probably the best keeper right now in the Premier League on form. You know, it'd be hard to argue that. Yeah, yeah I'd, I'd agree with that. There's only one keeper in that, in that shortlist, and it's Donnarumma, based on what he did at the Euros. But it was Mendy who was breaking records in the Champions League. I think he broke the record for yep. the most clean sheets. Mm. So, so it's not just something he's done this season. He's built off what he's done last season. So I do think his omission from that list is, is an oversight. I think, uh, Koulibaly called it out as well. Um, yeah. with, along with Sadio Mane. So there are, are, are massive calls. One of the stats from the weekend is that he's now faced 72 shots. And he's only considered one goal. That's incredible. You consider that to Kepa, who at one stage, who at one stage was conceding a shot per goal. Like one shot, one goal. He had, that's how poor his stats were. This guy's faced 72 and only conceded one. So, look, Chelsea are not playing well. They haven't played well all season, but they've played Man City. They've played Liverpool. They've had tough games. And they're still top of the table. So you can look at it and say, are they, is that a false result? Because I know we called it out for Spurs before we, we saw them on the top of the table, but we saw massive flaws. I think with Chelsea, it's almost a, 
it's almost a compliment to the character of the team. So Mendy saves them, but there's a character to fight and dig in, almost like the teams you'd see at Chelsea with Jose Mourinho, where it's not pretty, but they fight and they dig in and get a result, and they can only get stronger. So I'll look at them and look at the performances, and I start thinking, wow, you know, their title credentials have some weight to it. Yeah, and I, it's a question I asked, uh, you know, a diehard Chelsea fan in, in Moni, um, and had a discussion with him about it. I guess I'm intrigued with Chelsea, and it's in no way a jibe at them or what they've achieved so far, um, and what Tuchel has done. But, you know, but the questions I have is, you raised that point, they're, they're top of the log, they're playing okay, um, some games they play really well for about 45 minutes, and then the rest of the game they're kind of just meandering through and getting the result. I'm trying to understand if Chelsea are a team that is only going to get better as they gel further, or, you know, Tuchel did take this exact team and win the European Cup with them. Is that the height of the their capabilities and the way in which we're seeing them play is actually the truest version of Chelsea that you will get? You know, obviously, there's no answer to this, to this question, but there is a pattern. There is a clear pattern developing here, if you ask me. Um, Chelsea were like that even on their way to the European title. They, you know, they didn't look like some world-conquering team, but they looked like a team that can just get the results that were needed. So it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out over the course of the season, because I still, yeah. Chelsea to me are still an unknown. Um, the concern you, know, you have as a Chelsea supporter is Lukaku was brought in as someone who's going to guarantee goals. I think yeah. he only had like 20 touches in the game against Brentford with one shot. Um, Werner's looking more like a threat in some games than Lukaku. So, you know, that would be a concern. I do think he comes good. I do think he scores goals. Um, but it's something to watch over the next few weeks, whether he can get back into that Inter Milan form or if he reverts back to the Lukaku we saw at United. And just to yeah. add to that as well, I think, you know, not just the fact that he's, he's, he hasn't been scoring as much as we would have anticipated, but there's been some games where they just haven't been creating the chances either. I think they only had five attempts um, against Brentford on the weekend. So, you know, that speaks volumes as well. I mean, remember at City, they couldn't get a, a shot on goal against City. And I know City were excellent on the day. So I think up top, um, there's still a few questions, but... Um, like like you said, they, they're scraping these results and they've played all the big teams, so let's see if they can carry on. Well, they'll definitely be one to watch as we see how it pans out for them. Um, I guess I just on the last topic, guys, you know, we don't have to go too much into it, but that man does it again. Uh, did you guys happen to see that goal? It's it's becoming a bit ridiculous, this weekly occurrence by Salah, putting people on their asses, uh, asses looking a bit messy-like. What did you think of that goal, uh, Wade? Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, again, I thought I was watching the city, city goal again, uh, to be honest. I mean, look, the guy's playing on another level at the moment. There's no two ways about that. Um, the game's looking easy to him, you know. Uh, he's, he seems to have so much time on the ball. That's when you know someone is in top form when it's like the game almost slows down and defenders yeah, are true. watching what he's going to do and they're, they're worried about what he's going to do more so than what they should actually be doing to defend him and, you know, he's creating space out of nothing. He's standing defenders up. He's putting him, putting them on their bums and he's finishing. So, um, you know, there's, there's a, there's a good case for him being on form, the best player in the world right now, let alone the Premier League, you know, um, especially with the way Ronaldo and Messi aren't really at the top of their games anymore. So 
who are we comparing him to? Lewandowski, you know, maybe Haaland is in good form as well. So I'd say on form, you know, you'd have to say Salah right now is probably the best player in the world, to be honest. What do you think of that, Raj? Do you think there's some valid points raised there by Wade? What, what have you made I of think it? I said this. I think the now it's hard scored. for you as a United fan, but you can speak openly. I think the goal he scored uh, against Watford was better than the City goal. I think he was, it, it was a tighter space. He had more defenders in a closer proximity to him. The way he stops the ball um, and then moves it and then changes direction. Uh, that's, you know. He made that look so me, easy, which is one of the. Reminds me of me back in the day. Players. <laughs> so look, I think uh, he is, he is in some fantastic form. I think there's no denying it. Uh, he, hard to argue that he's not the best player in the world on form. Uh, you know, Messi's not hit, hit his strides yet. Ronaldo's still warming up. You know, maybe he'll come good this weekend. But, uh, at the moment, you can't look past Salah. Yeah, I think... Uh, I will say two things. Watford, there's two nominees for the donkeys of the week. One will be Harry Maguire uh, and the performance he had, but I, but he wasn't fit. He was injured. He hasn't trained for like four weeks. He shouldn't have shouldn't have played, and that's on Oli. So he's one of the donkeys. The other donkey is, did you guys see Danny Rose? That guy had oh the audacity to go I'm into Jose Marino's office to ask him, why am I not getting enough game time? <laughs> we just saw that why he was wasn't getting enough time. <laughs> that it was actually was embarrassing. Wow, it was, man. Like, I, 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 the guy looked like he should be on a rugby field. I mean, let's be <laughs> honest. Seriously, man. <laughs> I, uh, I can't believe I forgot about gross. that. Yeah. That's retirement that material. That is retirement yeah. material. You know, you watch, you, you look back, you're like, and hey, that's it, Jens. I can't yeah, do this that's, anymore. That's the day you pull the pin. Yeah. You pull the pin. You pull the pin. Uh, this game should be nowhere no near the Premier League, <laughs> honestly. Uh, we'll just wrap it up quick, Jets. I guess I'll start it off uh, player of the week and, and team of the week for me. Um, player of the week is a, is a tied one, um, but it has to go for me uh, to Mendy for that performance against Brentford. I thought it was absolutely sublime. And you know what? That guy has shades of uh, Peter Cech in him. And what I mean by that is, I remember when Peter Cech first joined Chelsea and I felt like that guy could not be beaten. And that's what I get the feeling with Mendy at the minute. Uh, whether he can sustain the, the run that Peter Cech had and, until that, um, you know, that injury of Cech, I'm not, I'm not quite sure, but Mendy looks an absolute signing for Chelsea. Um, but I do tie that with that performance of, of Saleh in particular because his actual performance against Watford and you, you said it, Wade, was he, nobody could get near him. And I know Watford were, were poor. But his overall performance was one of somebody playing on another level to everybody else. And that's what stood out more than anything in that particular game. Um, team of the week for me is going to go to, to to Wolves. I thought just the heart and desire to show that in a derby. I don't think it gets much better to come back. I don't think it gets better to win a derby, let alone come back from 2-0 down in 10 minutes and win a derby. So Wolves for me, definite team of the week. And Ruds, maybe you are onto something with that team. Yeah, sure. Look, they do take my team of the week. It was close. I must say a special shout-out to West Ham. I think they've gone over to Everton and dominated that game and deserved that win. So, you know, Everton are looking like a team that can contend in the top six. So that, you know, that throws a cat amongst the pigeons to to what West Ham may be able to achieve this season in in fighting for those Europa League spots. So uh, credit to them. But, yeah, Wolves 
like I said, a Congo, ba- Congo pass, uh, late winners like that. Um, tell us another shout out. I think if they had taken the win, they probably would have taken, um, my team of the week because it was a fantastic performance. But yeah, Wolves, Wolves all the way. In terms of player of the week, I will give a, Connell hasn't done it. I mean, Firmino scoring hat tricks and he's not even getting into the team of the week. So I, I will acknowledge the hat trick, but I can't look past Mendy. Um, keeping keeping Chelsea up on the top of the league. Thanks for that, Rod. I appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, look, um, good good call to uh, to compare Mendy to Czech. I think he is a bit of a throwback. You know, these these modern day keepers, um, they're all flashy. You know, they all want to be playing out from the back and stuff like that. And Mendy is a bit of a throwback because he just keeps it simple, but he does, he does. his job efficiently. Yeah. Yeah. You know, he's nothing flash about him. So. It is hard to look past him. I did have him down as my player of the week, but I'm going to give a, a, a give it to someone else who I thought was phenomenal on the weekend, and that was Yuri Tillemans. I thought he was excellent against United. Honestly, controlled the midfield so well. Um, should have probably had a, a couple of goals, scored an excellent goal, um, and just controlled that game from midfield. I like him as a player. Um, so I'm going to go with Yuri Tillemans as my player of the week. Um, team of the week, yeah, I mean, it, it's hard to look past Wolves. I mean, yeah, 2-0 down, 10 minutes to go to come back and get the victory. Um, it, it's really hard to look past them, so I'll have to say Wolves as well was my team of the week. Well, there you go, ladies and gentlemen. Everybody agreeing unanimously that Wolves were the team of the week this week. We're going to shift gears now, and we're going to go off into the analysis corner. That's right, that's right. We just thought we'd give you a little bit more music there this evening, so we take you into the next segment, because we love nothing more than a good jam. Shout out to Mike Champ for that one. Um Moving into the analysis corner, okay, so we have an absolutely cracking topic to debate for you this evening, one that is sure to spark plenty of controversy, and no doubt I can see arguments amongst the panelists already happening, and we haven't even gotten onto the topic. So we are going to, in, in I guess, carry on from the popularity of last week, gents, and we had a lot of feedback from a lot of people, um, a lot of listeners saying what a great show it was. You know, some people saying reliving that nostalgia, uh, reliving all those old moments was absolutely uh, exactly what was needed during a, a pretty mundane international break. So we're going to keep that spirit going this week, and we are going to dive into what we consider to be, excuse me, the greatest moment in Premier League history. Now, I want to pretext this. This is not the greatest team. This is not the greatest achievement. This is essentially the greatest thing to occur within the, the Premier League era, if you will. Um, and we have six, uh, oh, sorry, is it six? We have, no, we have five distinct candidates, um, for this particular segment. So I'll just go through the names and we'll, we'll kind of dive in and I'll throw some stats as we go along. But we've got Arsenal's Invincibles. We've got Leicester's 5,000 to one season. 
We've got City Centurions. We've got Liverpool's earliest winners. And we have Chelsea's Impenetrables. Now, the way this list was compiled was that every single one of those items are extremely unique and are records that stand on their own in those title-winning seasons. Now, I know this is going to create some crazy debate, but I'm going to open it up to Wade. Well, maybe we know what the answer is going to be, but Wade, what are your thoughts on those five uh, five league seasons? And maybe give us a bit of, bit of insight into what you think uh, the most amazing achievement or greatest moment in Premier League history was. Yeah, look, I think, you know, in isolation, um, all those, uh, all those achievements are amazing. I mean, it's, uh, you know, it's, you look at some of the numbers there and, and some of the things you just read out. I mean, City 100 points, 106 goals, goal difference of 79, you know, phenomenal. Chelsea, that team, I mean, looked like they were never going to concede a goal, um, under Mourinho, just played some fantastic stuff. Well, I wouldn't say played some fantastic stuff. They defended really well. Um, and, and ground out results as they do. Um, you know, Leicester obviously winning the league, um, you know, sensational 5,000 to one, as you mentioned. Um, and this is not to diminish any of those achievements, you know, obviously with, um, with what the Invincibles did, which by the one, uh, by the way, didn't we look at the odds for the Invincibles as well, Connell? What were the odds for, uh, going they unbeaten were- in the season? They did say that the odds, uh, retrospectively were sitting at the same as Leicester, ironically. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I've, got, to... I've got contradicting odds for that. So odds weren't available for that. Yeah, we go, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, and, okay. yeah. and, 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 so. and a, a more reflective odd based on, on, on possibilities and outcomes would be closer to 1600 to one. So 1600 to one more, less, and not 5000 to one. Well, let's go with five thousand to one because that was the original oh, number right. that was thrown about. So um, let's let's stick with that one, Rod. Yeah, <laughs> let's, let's I'm, I'm going to go with that. I think that is the sun, by the way. So funny that uh, Connell's looking up the sun based on the history of that newspaper. But anyway, oh, definitely not. Look, uh, look, it, it, it's hard to, I'll give you this, you know, Raj, you, we obviously had a conversation about this, uh, on the weekend and I had to think about it. I really had to think about it, you know, and you might be surprised at this actually after a conversation that we had, I woke up the next morning and I thought to myself, there's absolutely no doubt in my mind that the Arsenal Invincible season is is the best moment uh, in in the modern era. There's there's no two ways about it for me. You know the the thing is, guys, you have to go back to the very first season of English football for a team to go unbeaten. You know, and we're talking about a time where there was only 12 teams in the league. You know, there's probably a bunch of butchers and postmen and, and teachers that were playing, you know, and they went 12 games unbeaten. That was Preston North End. It's never been done in the history of the game, you know, pretty well, hang much. Hang on, hang on, hang on. Don't take it away from Preston. They went 22 games unbeaten, and they also three. won the yeah. double. So they won the FA they won Cup, the double. they, they were unbeaten, and yeah. uh, the, 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 uh, the league games as well, so... Absolutely, with 12 teams in the league, yeah? Correct. 12 teams, Correct. not 20. So you have to go back to the very first season of English football. Now, what Leicester did was phenomenal, of course. Arguably the greatest underdog story in English football history. However, 
there have been other teams throughout the course of English football that have actually come up from lower divisions, come straight into the Premier League and won the Premier League. Obviously, the most notable one is Nottingham Forest in 78, and they just scraped to get into the Premier League, right? They finished third. I think they finished third by two points, and they managed to get into the Premier League uh, or the English First Division at the time, which is an era where Liverpool were absolutely dominating. That was yep. arguably, well, not even arguably, arguably that was Liverpool's best. most successful period. They'd yep. won the two Premier Leagues before. Nottingham Forest came up, somehow miraculously won the league, and then Liverpool won the next two after that. So that tells you how strong that Liverpool team were. In hindsight, when we look at that Leicester team, I mean, Kante, Mares, Vardy, I think we can all agree those guys are world-class players, you know? Yes, they made their name at Leicester, but look at what they've gone on to achieve. They won a bunch of mugs, you know? Add to that, they won the league on 81 points. How many games did United lose that season, Rudds? Ten. How many games did Liverpool lose that season, Connell? Too many. Ten. <laughs> you know, Chelsea lost 12 games that season as well. City, I think, lost ten. So a lot of, I'm, I'm, and again, I'm not saying this to diminish what Leicester did because it's a fairy tale story, one of the best underdog stories we'll Some see. Some might argue that, Wade. Yes, but... Um, you know, there were a lot of factors that influenced it. I mean, how, how difficult it is, is it to go unbeaten, guys? You've got to have a lot of things that go your way. Think about it. Every game. It could be wanna, a ref's call. It I want to pause a, you there. I want to pause you there because I, I think you're on, I think you're onto something. Yeah, but I want to throw something to Rudds and say. Please do. I know that you've got the Leicester thing in your mind, Rudds, and we have spoken about that, but I want to talk about the City Centurions in particular, because I feel like we're forgetting some of these other uh, key ones that are phenomenal and by their own right stand alone. So you did say it, Wade, you know, Arsenal's Invincibles, um, yes, in the modern era, unbeaten, first of its kind, but has been done before. We, you, you can't take it away from the fact, regardless of when it was done, in English football history, there's another team that has gone unbeaten. Whether they played two games or is irrelevant. They went through a league season undefeated. I think we can agree with that. I'm not taking it away from Arsenal. I'm just painting some stats. The City Centurions, no team has ever gotten past the 100-point mark right, in the history of English football. Not only on that, they have the greatest winning margin of any team in the history of English football with 19 points. They also, in that same season, went 79 goals, uh, goal difference, which is the greatest goal difference margin. They also scored the most goals, which is 106 goals in a season. Um, and they are, of course, joints with the most uh, wins, which is 32, which was equaled by the Liverpool uh, earliest winner season. So, Rudds, the 100 points. You forgot, surely... one stat. You, forgot, you forgot one stat, Connell. They spent a billion dollars on that team as well. Let's not forget that, yeah? I just wanted to throw that in. Very valid yeah. point, very valid point. So, Rudds, I mean, where does that, where does, where, where do the city centurions lie in this argument for you? Look, I, I'll throw something else out. I actually do think over the last six, seven years, I think City have been the best squad in the league. It's a credit to Liverpool and a credit to Chelsea that they've been able to win two titles because City should have been dominating based off what they did that season and other seasons. It's incredible that they haven't dominated the way they, they could have. And it's incredible 
it makes it a cheese. Well, they've won. Let's be, wait, hang on, hang on. Let, let me chime in. They've won three of the last four titles. I call that pretty dominant, if you ask me. Yeah, but the strength of your squad, it's a credit, and it makes the achievement of Liverpool winning the league and even Chelsea winning the league so much more impressive because of how good City are. You know, when, when we look at the title winners themselves, it's who are they up against. And at the moment, it's hard to look, even if you look at this season, it's hard to look past City to say, look, they, they are an incredible team. So what they were doing there was reaching their peak. Re, you know, uh, everybody playing in a way where they were untouchable. They, you know, they were, as much as a United fan looking at City, I didn't, you know, you'd love to hate the team. You know, I don't want to like that team. I want to look at them playing and say, I hate KDB. David Silva is a, is a so-and-so or whatever. But I look at that, I look at that team playing and particularly that season and Aguero doing what he's doing. Yaya Torre was at the, it was in the squad at the time, um, or not. And one of the, one of my favorite African players of all time. And I enjoyed him playing at Man City, one of United's biggest rivals. That tells you how good that team was. You know, I'll say this. I also enjoy watching Liverpool playing sometimes, and that's hard for me to say because you want to hate these teams. But that team specifically were phenomenal. You know, the Chelsea 0405 team, they lost one game that season. So they were, you know, they weren't far away from being similar to the Invincibles. I think the difference is. They lost that game quite early on in the season and then didn't lose it again, so the pressure was off. It's a different story when you're getting close to the end. Liverpool now, you're getting close to the end and the pressure's there and, you know, you just lose that one. So, and I, I probably it wouldn't be far off to think that team's probably one of the lowest goal-scoring teams of, of, of that won the league in, in comparison to what City did. So I think City's achievement is is fantastic. But similar to the Invincibles, it's, it's telling us something you already know. It's a good team being great. And the Invincibles were a good team that were well, a great team. And they showed us they were a great team. They proved it on the field. Whereas the Leicester story, wow. In the modern era where teams are spending money, the, the money back when Nottingham Forest won it, it did it, right? So Nottingham Forest did it. They did a season. They went on and won the league. And then what Wade never say is then the following league, following season, they won the Champions, Champions League and the European Cup, and they won that back to back. So that wasn't a that was that showed you that at, in that time you could build a team. You didn't have the threats of massive clubs coming in and stealing your best players, and yet they had Brian Clough at the time, and they, and they could do something and they achieved something great and f- fantastic. But what Leicester did in the current climate, current environment, is 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 close to impossible. With the Invincibles, I will say it comes a close second to me. So as much as the City achievement is fantastic, as much as the Liverpool and what they did and how early they won the league is fantastic and who they won it against, I think that's important, who they won it against. That, 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 that's an achievement. What, what Mourinho did at, at Chelsea, I think City top, I think the Invincibles top all those. I just think Leicester on the 5th of April, 12 months before they won the league. They were rock bottom of the Premier League with seven games to go. Seven games did loss. They did, they did, they went on to do the great escape, survived, continued that streak, 
won the league. I don't care how many games they lost, whatever. It's Leicester City. They won the league against most of the same squad that we're talking about. They got 100 points. Right? Against teams like Chelsea, United, Liverpool, Tottenham. Tom, even Arsenal at that stage, because Arsenal were a good team at that stage. Arsenal were ended up second that year. So these these are, are, are big teams that little old Leicester, close to the relegation, have come through and won it. That's, for me, in terms of moments, sporting stories, they're going to make a movie about that one day, starring whoever. It'll be a massive movie. I don't know who's going to watch the Invincibles movie except for Arsenal supporters. Interesting, interesting points raised there. But there was a segue, and I guess the Leicester one is a big, big story, Wade. You know, the the Arsenal um, Invincibles, definitely unbelievable achievement. You know, if you ask me, do I want my team to go undefeated? And we were so close. I mean, to be fair, you know, had we gone undefeated that year where we finished second to to Chelsea and not, uh, sorry, to Man City and not lost that game, we would have been, we would have got 100 points and been undefeated. So we would have trumped the Centurions in a way by going undefeated and then trumped the Invincibles, which would have been, you know, something to behold. However, it wasn't done. I, I will say, I wanted to, to just talk and dwell on the other ones while I got you, Wade. Uh, the Liverpool, surely in, in your conversation, you know, Liverpool winning the game with se- winning the season with seven games left to spare. You're talking about 21 points. You're talking about a fifth of the season still remaining. And Liverpool have secured the title. Not only that, but they set a gazillion records along the way. And I mean, way, uh, uh, Rudd's called it out. On the same token, they took on the billion-dollar industry of Manchester City, who should be winning this title every year, according to the pundits, and won the league. So that's got to be right up there next to the Invincible, surely. Look, it's it's definitely in the discussion. I mean, uh, I think what probably made it sweeter as a Liverpool fan was, you know, that broke the 30-year drought as well. So, I mean, what a way to finish it off, you know. Um, but, look, I, I, I enjoy watching Liverpool, I have to say, to this day. Um, you know, they're the most exciting team in the Premier League uh, to watch, in my opinion. Uh, they just attack and attack and attack relentlessly, you know. There's nothing methodical about it. City more will try and break you down will pick their passes, will create space, and then take the opportunity. They're almost scoring the perfect goal. But Liverpool, it's just relentless. And, I mean, that season, they were incredible, banging in goals for fun. Um, you know, it just it looked like they would score every time they attacked, pretty much, you know. So, look, it's right up there as well, and, and you've got to give them a lot of credit. I think the previous record was five games remaining in a season. When, uh, when Correct. a team had yeah. won it and they went, uh, you know, with, with seven games remaining. So yeah, a, a, amazing achievement and, and credit to them. I mean, they played some fantastic stuff that year as well. So it's definitely right up there in the conversation. That's for sure. It's interesting because I guess we could, you know, there's a lot of, and to Rudd's point, you know, the Leicester underdog story is a great story. Um, massive. I guess it's just dependent. It's a personal view versus the records that are in that year view. I just want to go through some stats really quickly, and then yeah. we're going to pick 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 up on. Just give me your final answer as to what you know. Maybe rank these five in order, so to speak. Mm. But here are the stats: Arsenal Invincibles. All right, we said it already. Preston North End have also gone unbeaten. Different time, different era. Um, Arsenal Invincibles: ninety points, twenty six wins, twelve draws. Goals 473. They did go on to be 49 unbeaten in total, which is, of course, a record. The Leicester 5,000 to one season, as 
my illustrious co- colleague Wade has, has attested to. Forrest did the same thing. Well, they probably went one better in 77, 78 and got promoted and then became champions. And as uh, Rudd said, then became double European champions. 81 points, only 23 wins, 12 draws, 3 losses, and of course 68 uh, goal scored. Now, the By the only way, major there were 22 teams in the league back then as well. I just wanted to throw that in there when Forrest did it. 22 teams. So even more. There you go. Yeah. There you go. Um, and Vardy did create the one uh, record, which was the 11 game uh, straight scoring streak, which stands today, which he broke from Rupert. <laughs> so the City Centurions, I've already called it 100 points, 32 wins, 4 draws, 2 losses, 106 goals scored. That is just unbelievable. A goal difference of 79 and the greatest winning margin of 19 points. Liverpool earliest winners, 99 points. Tied for the most wins, 32. Three draws, three losses. Goals for 85. They had the longest winning streak ever in winning 26 of their opening 27 games, which just honestly defies logic when you say it out loud. Longest run of home wins was 24. Um, and of course... In a 38-game spell, they actually went undefeated in 38 games and amassed 104 points. So technically, they tied the Invincibles, just not in one season. <laughs> and then Chelsea, of course, the Impenetrables, unbelievable. You know, 95 points, 29 wins, 8 draws, 1 single loss, goals for 72. 15, guys, 15 goals conceded is literally unfreaking believable you know, there was one other team that did it in the back in the day in the heyday, which was Liverpool. They got 16. Chelsea went 15. I didn't think that record would ever be beaten. And Chelsea went 15 goals in a single season. Not only that, they kept 25 clean sheets. Out of 38 games, they only conceded in 13 games. That is a phenomenal achievement. Absolutely phenomenal. So I want to hand that over now that I've called these stats out. And I'm going to throw it over to you, Wade, in order from 6 to 1. I want you to go backwards from 6 to 1 with all the teams I just called out. Give me the order of your of your six greatest moments, leading to your greatest moments in uh, Premier League history. That's tough. This is uh, incredibly tough. I mean, especially after listening to all those statistics. So, uh, yeah, okay, here I go. I'm going to give it a crack. Um, I'm going to go in sixth place. I'm going to go... Sorry, it's actually... To- it's five, not five. Six. Yeah, five. Yeah. Okay. In fifth place... Oh, this is tough, guys. Seriously. Um, I'm going to have to go Chelsea in fifth place. Uh, in fourth, I'm going to go Liverpool. Uh, in third, I'm going to say City. Uh, second... I'm going to go Leicester. And first, I'm going to go the Invincibles. That's my top five, guys. That was difficult, but that's it. Raj, you reckon he, you reckon he was saying it's tough and stuff, but the whole time he was like, yeah. He knew. He knew what he wanted. No, the one and two was easy. One and two is a given, <laughs> sure. But the rest of them, it's, you can have a debate. Uh, to be fair, look, I'm thinking through who would be five. It is close between Chelsea and Liverpool to say who would be the fifth one. I think... Incredible to only concede 15 goals. But for me, at the end of the day, I remember that team and I did not like watching that team. Not you know, um, so because of that reason, they have to take fifth spot. Uh, Liverpool won the league and played fantastic football. 
up there with the Centurions, not quite. So they will miss out. So they'll take number four spot quite comfortably. Then City and what they did, again, loved watching them. You know, can't deny it. Arsenal, Invincibles, the achievement, it is extremely difficult to go undefeated. I will shout out to Stevie G and what he did last year with Rangers. Um, we know we've done it. I think Conte did it with Juventus a couple of years ago. Portugal done it two, two times. So there's not a lot try, of don't don't try not to take anything, not to take anything away from us. Yeah. No, <laughs> shout out to Montpellier who won league uh, a couple <laughs> of years ago. Crazy underdog story. <laughs> Come on, let's, let, let's, 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 let's keep it focused here, gents. Let's keep it focused. I think, um, I, I'm, I'm ranking them second and I'm calling it out. So it is, it is massive achievements and those achievements are seen in the same light in those leagues, right? So let's not take anything or anything away. But Leicester City, that story, I cannot, I cannot, I cannot beat that. For me, I got no horse in this race. By I'm a Liverpool supporter, I'm not an Arsenal supporter, I'm not a Chelsea supporter. So as a neutral in this race, for me, it's Leicester. Fair enough. Fair enough. I guess I'll chime in with my 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 five. So. Definitely Chelsea, as, as, as amazing as that record was, they were an absolute bore to watch 90% of the time. Chelsea fans might find that, you know, controversial, but they are not an exciting team, uh, to watch at the best of times. So I'm definitely going to go Chelsea in fifth place, but absolutely amazing achievement to concede only 15 goals and lose one game. Well deserved and get 95 points, you know, so they're, they're right up there. <sighs> Bought this very hard. Um, for so many reasons. Um, there's just so many records and superlatives about that Liverpool team, and I want to strip my emotion out of it at the same time. Um, but yes, I am angry at the fact that we stuffed up against Burnley in that particular game at Anfield, and we should have got 102 points that season and not 99. And that's more the reason I'm going to put us in fourth even though I think we should be higher. But I'm going to put that Liverpool team in fourth and not be biased. I have to give Man City the 100 point. I mean, that is just, that's that's silly. Um, I guess my only thing is I play football like, like we all do. I, I play soccer, and I know that, so this is why I split the, uh, sorry, I just want to explain why I'm splitting the 100 points versus the Centurions, uh, sorry, the Invincibles. I know every year I go into a league season and I'm like, I want to go undefeated this year, guys. I really want to go undefeated. So the Invincibles finish above City for me, but there's no two ways about it. Leicester, looking like absolute dog's balls the season before, and um, Nigel Pearson, I think it was, from memory, seven games, saves them. And what a run they went on there, mind you. Seven games, goes and pulls them out. Nobody's even talking. What person in their right mind is sitting there going, yeah, Leicester might have a late run here and go and win the title the next year. And I will agree with Rods as much as it pains me, but (laughs) my God, in the modern game, for a team of Leicester, and yes, you spoke about Riyad Mahrez and Vardy. I mean, some might argue that Mahrez is more of a floating player at the time that realized his potential later on at Leicester. But to go from where they were to then take on the might of all those billion dollars. And let's be honest, if you look at the stats of the Premier League, the title follows the money. It's as simple as that. You know, the title goes where the money is. For Leicester to do what they did, irrespective of, you know, the, 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 
the losses to those teams, I just don't think we'll see that likely again um, from when we're sitting. Whereas I think there's, you know, Liverpool and uh, City have come close countless times to going invincible. And I'm not saying, I don't want to take anywhere. I think that is one of the most amazing achievements ever is that invincibles. But to me, that Leicester one is just, it has to finish top. So, sorry, Wade, but yeah, a, a very, it's very... It's a beauty of it, There's no right and wrong answer yet. There's no right or wrong answer. This is a debate that you can say the Invincibles and there's arguments with Invincibles. Yeah. And I actually did do some reading and there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of pundits that back... Uh, there's a, this exact topic and there's a lot of pundits that actually call out Arsenal as being... Yeah. Uh, a better achievement. Um, but there are plenty that call it Leicester, so it, it is one that splits opinions. Well, there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Absolutely hot topic amongst the pundits tonight, but we hope you enjoyed that segment. And no doubt we'll hear from you across our feeds on Twitter, Facebook, and, of course, our Apple Podcasts and uh, Podbean. Please leave your comments and let us know what you thought of that particular segment and rank the top five in order the way you see fit because we'd love to hear from all of you um, as to what you think. But we're going to go into the most obviously anticipated segment of the evening, none other than our trivia man himself. Okay, trivia man, what do you have in store for us this week? Yeah, look, one is a, I think one's an easy one, one's a difficult one. So I'll, I'll pull uh, here that. We go. Yeah, I'll let that out. So every one, week it's an easy one with Rods, huh? Yeah, there's one that's <laughs> difficult. So I won't, I won't, I won't lie. I think one, you've really got to know your players uh, to, to know who I'm referring to. But just remind of the score. Connell's got the lead with six and, and Wade's still on four. So Wade, you gotta, you gotta catch up. Hopefully. Yep. <laughs> Hopefully I mean, he's on one. All right. You good to go? You ready to go, gents? Yeah. Let's do it. All right. Who the heck is that? My father was an imam. And growing up, he forbidden me from playing any sport. I obeyed. However, it is uh, your money. <laughs> oh, Thanks. come on. It is wow. your money. That's a record, boy. <laughs> <laughs> How did you know that? <laughs> because that I, I remember... No, no, no. I remember Sadio Mane. I know that I'm pretty sure I read a story on Mane about that exact fact where how he was told not to play football. He came from a small village in uh, Senegal. And yeah, it was basically like this guy just went on to play football against his parents' will. That's ridiculous. Seriously. His father passed away, which is, and he only started playing after his father passed Uh, away. He was seven uh, years old when his father died. He left home when he was 15. Joined an academy, he went through. There's a couple of really interesting facts in there. So, um, he, I'll go through a couple. Um, How are you, Wade? So oh my he, God, he I'm in shock here. I'm in shock. <laughs> That's clearly the greatest moment on the podcast. <laughs> 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 yeah, well, like, fact number one, yeah, I didn't even go into fact number two. So, that was fact number one. Man. 
Respect uh, number one. I've got to take my hat off. Honestly, that's all I can do is take my hat off, man. Yeah. <laughs> so, so a few interesting facts in the rebellious side of Sadio Mane. Um, to force a move from, um, I think it was Salzburg that he was at, um, he, he went AWOL and he didn't show up for training when they had a Champions League qualifier to play. And at that stage, it was the biggest game of the club's history. They hadn't qualified and he, and he just didn't show up. Um, and off the back of that, he got his move to Premier League. He's got some incredible records um, within the league. And I wasn't sure whether Connor would have picked it up and I've gone through some of these records. But he's got the, got the fastest, fastest hat. Fastest hat trick. That's one of them. He's, the only, he's one of two Liverpool players to score a hat trick away from home in Europe. So he scored a hat trick against Porto. Yep. He's he's got a he holds a record for the most goals scored against a single opponent. Yes, hang on. That that's, is? Yes, that's uh, Crystal Palace. It is Crystal Palace. You know how many goals yeah. that is? Yes, it is. It's nine. Nine goals. Yeah. Nine goals. Um, he was the most expensive African football of all time. At yeah. when he signed when he signed for Liverpool. Thirty-five million. He's got the most Premier League goals for a Senegalese player in the league ever. Yeah. Uh, yes, obviously, he's won the Golden Boot, and, and that, that holds a record for a Senegalese player. He's one of three players to score 100 goals in the league without yeah. any penalties. So Yeah, no penalties. Some, some incredible records. One of the other records, he's got the longest record of not losing a game in a specific stadium. So I think um, Liverpool had a record... I think it was 64 games. Your wins unbeaten yeah, at home. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. However, when they were beaten at home, um, in the Sadio Mane didn't play. Didn't play. His <laughs> record exceeded that. So I think it was something like 70, 70 odd games, maybe 75 or 74 games that he holds as the most games unbeaten. So some some interesting records. So, I mean, I had to throw it in. Mane scored his hundred goal on the weekend, yeah, so yeah. we try to link it back, but. I suppose it is around day one. I might have to throw a few Arsenal players in next week. So look out for... Um, um, he's feeling really sorry for me, huh? He's really Tommy sorry for you, mate. <laughs> 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 I'm not giving you an answer, but I just might be uh, a farmer young. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's go over to uh, guess the teammate. So you know the rules. I'm going to throw out some names of players I've played with. There's actually 38 players I'm going to go through. If I get to the end, there'll be no winner, and I'm just going to say who it is. So, here we go. Antoine Griezmann. Brian Ruiz. Christian Tello. Clement Longley. Christian Romero. This is a Premier League player. Gavison Sanchez. Deli Ali. Eric Dyer. Rajulian. No. Eric Garcia. Frankie de Jong. Gavi. Giovanni Lo Celso. Harry Kane. Harry Winks. Jungman Son. 
Hugo Lloris, Jeffrey Tengenga, Lucas Mora, Javi Garcia, Jao Quinn, Jordi Alba, Lucas Mora, <laughs> Mark Bartra, Martin Braithwaite, Emerson, Jim, Emerson Royale. Wade is on the nice So, interesting fact, obviously, he came over to La Liga in a joint deal between Batiste and Barcelona. He played most of his time in La Liga for Batiste under Manuel Pellegrini. I think last season he played the most minutes of any player from the team for Pellegrini. He made his move to Barcelona. They, they um, activated his release clause. He played three games for them. One was a friendly against Juventus, two league games, and then he was off to, to, to Tottenham. So, um, good pick out, good call out, Wade. Um, I have to admit, I was thinking it. hard for that one. I had to make up man, <laughs> after that first round. <laughs> well, I, all the, well, I was nowhere near getting that night. So. <laughs> yeah, that's I what I was thinking. Was... Barcelona, Spurs, there's not too many Barca, players. Yeah. Then I throw yeah. out Rajulian and I'm like, nah, shit, he played for Real Madrid. <laughs> Real Madrid. Real Madrid. Well, look, um, at, at least we, we keep the gap. Um, Connell doesn't extend his lead. So we go into next week as, as, with the 7-5, but I, I still cannot, cannot believe you picked me out on the first question. Unreal, man. Unreal, honestly. And no joke, I was thinking Salah when you said that. I was thinking, is it Mo Salah? And yeah. then he, 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 he right for putting a Liverpool player in. Well, but in yeah, you know that, what? I haven't got the others. Yeah, we had Diego Jota and a few other Liverpool support players, uh, yeah. and, you, and, you, and you couldn't pick them, but you're all over money. All I think, I think side, that front yeah. three is, is all, you're all over it. Listen, there's a few, there's a few players there. You throw Jota, he's new to Liverpool. There's a few players there. You say some stuff about them, and I'll know instantaneously who they are. Uh, well, Especially uh, when it's Sadio uh, Mane, I'll tell you that much. I don't mean next week, but I'll I'll catch you out with another Liverpool. So okay, Liverpool. I want that. Just don't go pick some kid from the academy now. No, no, won't <laughs> be academy. Might not, might be a past player, might That's be a current cool. player, but we'll Take see. We'll catch you out. Not next week. I'm, I, I got to no, give Arsenal coming up next week. Uh, good segment there, Mr. Trivia. Nice. Thank you very much. And uh, we hope you enjoyed that segment again. See if you can get it quicker than myself on that first one. Highly doubtful, but we'll go from there. So, Chance, we'll move into the final segment. Uh, wrap it up in about two or three minutes. Pretty easy one for me. Champions League returns this week. And, of course, we got the dreaded Diego Simeone and his wall of uh, defensive players that he plays with. And a uh, bit of a... Uh, Rematch of the famous pre-COVID game. Um, so I guess, yeah, Atletico Madrid in the Champions League tomorrow morning. But did you see when they asked him, so they asked uh, Simeone this morning in his pre-match conference about Jürgen Klopp's views and, on, on Atleti and how they play and how he is the most critical manager in the world of Atleti. And that's not the way football should be played. And how, how do supporters? Like, and and they asked him for a response. I didn't see like I've not seen a bigger smile on the manager because he's like, loves it. I don't care. <laughs> it's like exactly what I want. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, Who cares? <laughs> yeah. 
Dude, if there was a if there was a kryptonite version of Liverpool, it's it's Atletico. Uh, oh, sorry, let me let me rather say they are Liverpool's kryptonite. If there's an alternate version of Liverpool, it's literally Atletico. Which is why when you threw them in the Champions League that year, I shat myself and went, "This is the last team I want to play." And this year they're in our group. No matter how good we are, they're just everything we're not, and that's what scares me about Atletico Madrid. Uh, but to be Perfectly honest with you, whether we lose tomorrow, I don't think it really changes the outcome of where we finish in that group. So I'm more focused on Sunday and, of course, the massive game at Old Trafford. Um, personally, I just want to drive the stake deeper into Ole's heart. Um, so I'm hoping for a victory there. But we'll see how we go. It'll be a tough game. To be fair, those games are always tight in recent history. So definitely the United-Liverpool game is the focus and the catch of the, catch, catch, catches my eye this week. Yeah, there's a there's a lot of uh, a lot of good games to look forward to this weekend. Actually, obviously, Man United, Liverpool, um, right at the top of that list. But Brighton and City could be a very interesting game um, at Brighton. Uh, Brentford and Leicester, another cracker. Uh, London derby, West Ham, Tottenham. So many good games this weekend. Um, and then, of course, we entertain Villa as well on. Um, uh, kicking off the weekend, so some really good football to look forward to this weekend. Should be a good good weekend of football. Yeah, look, I'm actually more concerned for United in our game against Atalanta than I am for the game against Liverpool. The games against Liverpool and City and the way United play, look, there's a script for these games. He's going to sit back, sit deep, try to break on the counter. It's not going to be good to watch because... Klopp knows what Oli wants to do, so he's not going to buy into it. So you don't expect to see a game like you saw against City, uh, where it was end-to-end and two teams going toe-to-toe. That will not suit United. And, and if United concede an early goal, um, then that would be that could get mess- messy uh, because then United will need to play. So um, if it goes to plan, they sit deep, they they defend. As, as best as they can, and they look to break. So that's that's the script for the weekend. And they're, they're the kind of games where Oli's been getting his results when his job's been on the line before. You know, last year he had lost, I think, 6-2 to Spurs, or 6-1, actually. And I thought that it was, it was almost exactly 12 months ago, and I, at the time I was like, he's gone. He's a dead man walking. There's no way. He can continue. Man United were in 14th spot after eight games. At the moment, I think we're six after eight games. We win against Liverpool. We we go one point behind them. So it's not as critical as it as it as as it as it sounds. In saying that, United are not playing well. There's a lot of problems there. Can he fix it? The problems all point to one man. It's all on Oli. The criticism on Oli is fair. He needs to be criticised. So, massive game. You know, it's 2.30 in the morning here for us. I'll be up. My wife will be up. My kids will be up. And I'm screaming when Rashford scores. So, that's, that's what I'm looking forward to this week. I'm just, I just cannot wait for you to eat your words. Uh, <laughs> once Atlanta, you beat comfortably. And Liverpool do the same in the game against you. But we'll wait and see. It'll sure to be an interesting, tight game, no doubt. I guess that brings us to the end of another episode of What the Football Podcast. I want to thank you from your host, Conway T, the panelists, Rudds and Wade, and appreciate your support every week. Our viewership is growing each and every week across the country. We have listeners all the way in the UK, 
South Africa, and of course across the Australian continent, which is great as we, you know, increase our, our listenership and expose ourselves across the networks to your listening pleasure. So make sure to catch us on all the platforms at What the Football Podcast on Podbean, What the Football Podcast on Apple, and of course you can catch us at uh, Facebook and Twitter at What the Football. It has been a pleasure bringing you another episode, but it is time to say goodbye, and we will see you next week once the week's formalities of football has finished. Until then, 